Hello everyone, this is Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 206 of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank all of you for being here with me today. For preflop action in this hand, playing 5-10 at Stone's Gambling Hall, we see Arkady, I'm probably butchering his name, raising to $35 from the hijack seat with ace-jack offsuit, which is perfectly fine. JD decides to call with four two suited out of his $1,200 stack, so 120 big blinds, in the cutoff. And I think it's fine to splash around with suited connectors when you're playing very deep stacked, like 150 big blinds or deeper, which we are not here because JD only has 1,200. And also, with the suited connectors you want to be splashing around with are typically the good ones, like 9-7 suited or 10-8 suited or jack-8 suited or 6-5 suited. Basically, hands that can make a lot of straights and also can make reasonable flushes and, you know, even reasonable pairs. Four two of spades is going to make bad flushes, because they're going to be four high, and then also only two straights. It can make ace two, three, four, five, and two, three, four, five, six. Obviously, you can say three, four, five, six, seven, four, five, six, seven, eight, but that's just a one card straight and all the hands can do that. So... Um, that's very different than a hand like, let's say, 10-8 suited. It's going to start making middle pairs and maybe even top pairs, which is pretty good. And also it'll make 10 high flushes, which are way better than 4 high flushes. And it can make many, many straights, right? It can make 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 7, 8, 9, 10, jack, 8, 9, 10, jack, queen, etc. So this is a situation where I would definitely fold the 4-2 of spades. If you wanted to play it, I would be 3-betting it. All right, around to... Big Wave Dave on the button, who only has 830 bucks, and he has pocket fours. This is definitely a spot where you want to be set mining, so good call by him. And then in the big blind, Tom S. has five three of hearts with $900. <sighs> Having to put in 25 more from out of position, I think you probably just want to fold the five three of hearts, but I'm not going to fault him for calling. It's a way better situation to call than the cutoff seat with four two of spades, so... I would likely fold in his shoes just because, again, you really don't want to be out of position playing these hands that are going to make very bad draws. But he decides to splash. So here we go. Flop comes ace, seven, five. Two spades, giving Arkady ace, jack for top pair. He also has the jack of spades, which is nice. And JD in the cutoff has a straight and flush draw. Straight flush draw. If he gets the three of spades, he'll have a straight flush. So... Arkady bets 95 into the $145 pot, which I think is perfectly fine. This is definitely a spot where you don't want to be betting with all of your hands, but if you are betting, you certainly don't mind getting protection. So good solid bet by him. I might even make it a little bit more because we're very multi-way, like 110, but 95 is fine. And now with four to a spades, should we raise or call? Well, when you're in this scenario with a $1,200 stack, you'll want to make sure you don't raise so big to where you have to fold if you get jammed on or re-raised against. But at the same time, you do want to apply pressure. Alternatively, you could just call and see the turn. And I think with this hand, imagine he raises to 300, a somewhat standard raise, right? If he makes it 300 and Arkady elects to go all in, well, JD should probably fold the, the pretty good draw. As you see here, he has about... 36% equity, not, I mean, taking into account the fact that there are two other hands in, in the pot. Once those go away, he's probably going to have roughly 40-ish percent equity or so. So 
I think this is a scenario where if you raise, you probably are in a very near break even spot. And when that's, if your opponent does elect to apply pressure and when's that that's the case and you're getting okay pot odds, it's probably best to just call. So I, I would likely call in this spot. Um, he does have to worry about big wave Dave on the button. There is someone yet to act, but clearly he's not going to do anything this time. So you could either call or raise. If you raise, you definitely want to have some idea of how your opponent's going to respond though. If Arcadi is basically always going to call or fold, I like raising way better than if he's going to call, fold, or go all in. You really don't want your opponent going all in. So you can go either way. Let's take a look at what happens. He is taking his time, giving it some thought, and he elects to call. If you are listening to this podcast and not watching it, you can see the full video over at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash WPH. JD does like to call, and the other players make good folds with their nothing, and we see an ace of hearts turn. So now it's ace, seven, five, ace, two spades. And Arcadi decides to check, which is interesting. I would definitely bet the turn here, because if you think about JD's range, it should be a lot of aces, most of which you beat, and it should also be a lot of draws, most of which should check behind on this turn. This is a turn where if Arcadi was betting with something like pocket queens, he's very unlikely to fold to a turn bet. And also, if he does have an ace, like say he does have a weak ace, like ace three, he's definitely going to check it on the turn. So this is a spot where if Arcadi's a good player, he should be protecting his checking range very well by checking with a lot of his good hands. If you think back to the flop, he was betting for two-thirds pot into three opponents, all of whom could just have an ace, right? So it's pretty safe to assume Arcadi has a pretty good hand. Um, so this is not a spot where I would be betting with many of my draws. If I'm sitting here with the four high flush draw, gosh, I guess I probably would go for it just because the draw is pretty weak here and that it doesn't have any showdown value. And if you can ever get your opponent to fold by the river, that's a pretty good success. Pot's $335. If I'm going to bluff here, I'm going to bet something like 200. That's going to make the pot go to 735 and leave JD with $900 remaining in his stack. And then on the river, he can make a small overbet. That will apply a lot of pressure to the underpairs and maybe even stuff like ace three. So I think that's what I would do in this spot if I was JD. If you bet 200 and get shoved on, clearly you can have an easy fold because you're not getting the right price. Um, as you see here, JD only has 19% equity against an ace, and it's going to be roughly that equity against everything. Um, it's a little bit less. He actually has a little bit more equity than normal. I'm sorry, he has less equity than normal because we know that there are some dead outs. At least the table does. Normally he's going to have like 25% equity with a straight plus flush draw, but apparently some of the threes are gone, um, which obviously no one can know. I actually think that... Um, Whenever you're watching poker on TV, I don't think they should take the dead cards into account when determining the player's equities because the players at the table don't know that those cards are dead, right? It's important to try to look at the spot from the way the players are looking at it, not from the point of view of God and you know which cards are missing. Anyway, uh, I think this is a fine spot for JD to bet the turn and then make a big bet on the river just because his draw is so bad. If he had a better draw or if he had some marginal made hand, I would definitely not bet here. Um, and really, I don't think he should bet too often in this spot at all because I do think Arcadi, Arcadi is going to be trapping slash trying to induce a bluff with a lot of marginal made hands. So JD bets 125. I actually hate this bet size. I don't know what his plan is for the river, but 
unless his plan is to make a giant overbet on the river, I don't think this is going to be very successful because now he's going to have almost no fold equity on the turn unless Arcadia is just total garbage, like King Jack or something. And because of that, Arcadia's going to get to the river with a somewhat wide range, which forces JD to continue bluffing, which is fine, but he needs to make he's not going to have a clear idea of how to proceed on the river because he doesn't know if he needs to be betting small to try to target the marginal made hands like you know pocket sixes or something like that or if he needs to be blasting it to try to get an ace to fold and obviously you'd rather not blast it unless it's absolutely necessary and at the same time if you bet you know 200 on the river trying to get sixes to fold an ace is just never ever ever folding so this is a weird spot i think i would just rather take the line of betting a little bit bigger on the turn and then having a pretty easy shove on the river. Now back to Arcadi, he has to put in 125 to win 460. Um, clearly calling's always fine. The question is, should he raise? When your opponent bets so small on the turn, I think it usually screams either a marginal made hand or some sort of bluff. I would be shocked if JD ever has a full house here. Although this would be a pretty sweet bet with a full house. Um, if you think you can read into your opponent's strategy, then I think you could go ahead and raise, assuming you think that this small bet means mostly marginal made hands. The problem though is that that tips, or should dip your opponent off to the fact that you really like your hand. And if your opponent's sitting here with like ace three, he should probably just fold, which would be a disaster, right? If you're sitting here with ace jack and your opponent folds ace three. But I think given the tiny bet, that's probably the best play. If JD bet bigger on the turn, like I would have done, like 200 or 250, then I would be much more inclined to call from Arcadi because that's going to make JD's range slightly more polarized to very good hands and bluffs. And you really don't want to be raising into a range that is very good made hands and bluffs when you have a marginal made hand like this trips with a jack kicker. It is important to recognize that on ace, seven, five, ace, when you check the turn and your opponent bets big, you only have a bluff catcher. You do not have the nuts anymore. So anyway, let's see what Arcadi does. I really don't mind either play between calling or raising, but if you are raising, you need to have a pretty clear idea of your opponent's range. And it's hard for me to say either player has a clear idea of their opponent's range in this scenario, given I don't know how these players play against each other on a regular basis. I mean, for all I know, they're both just lunatics, and then <laughs> they're just going to blast the money and no problem here. So interestingly enough, Arcadi does raise to 475 bucks, a pretty big raise, JD instantly goes all in with his bad straight flush draw on a paired board. And Arcadi is beating him in the pot with a call. Um, JD should have just folded to the raise. When you bet small there and get raised to 475, you have to put in 350 to win a pot that's going to be, I don't know, 1400 or something like that. Or th Sorry, not 1400. It's going to be uh, 1200 or so. And that means you need to win about 30 something percent of the time and you're just not. Also, you may not even have implied odds here if your opponent's going to check fold on the spade rivers, which maybe he would, because your hand looks a whole lot like a spade draw. So um, I think I think JD just has a pretty easy fold. Once JD shoves, Arcadi now has to put in, let's call it 500 to win 2,000. So he needs to have 25% equity here, and he probably will. And given how he just beat him in the pot, he probably thinks JD is a very, very loose and aggressive player. So somehow they just magically end up all in. River is the six of hearts. And just like that, Arcadi wins a very, very nice pot. So yeah.
That's a hand that I'm pretty surprised all the money went in. Quite often, I think if you were playing, if you were watching this hand at a high stakes table, it would just go check bet. I'm sorry, it would go bet on the flop by ace jack. Four two suited would have called on the turn. Ace jack would just bet again. Four two suited would call on the river. Ace jack would check or bet one of the two, and then if the ace jack bet, the four two would fold, and if the ace jack bet, or if the ace jack checked, the four two would bluff. The ace jack would call and. The biggest this pot would have been would be would be something like 50 big blinds. As played, though, they elected to play for all the money. And <laughs> when that happens, someone's going to lose all their money. So that's going to be it for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. Thank you all very much for being here. Good luck in your games. And I'll talk to you next time.